Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, your host. Uh, today, we're going to be doing a little something different. Uh, we're bringing in an X's and O's expert, or our X's and O's expert at Inside Texas, Ian Boyd. Uh, Ian breaks down each and every game, uh, the ins and outs, uh, from an X's and O's perspective for Inside Texas. Uh, and so we're going to talk to him today. Uh, just a reminder, please hit subscribe on the YouTube channel. Uh, it's free. Uh, and if you're really interested in Longhorn sports, like like uh, Ian and myself and uh, thousands of others, uh, please consider subscribing to Inside Texas following the video as well. Uh, we're also available on Apple and Spotify for podcasts. All right, so, so let's get going. Ian, welcome in. Hey, Bobby. I think I'm glad, I'm glad, you're, glad you're here with us. Um, you know, I, I want to just dive right into it. Uh, Texas last week had a real problem stopping the run against OU. Um, Oklahoma State has traditionally been a run-heavy team with Mike Gundy. They, Gundy. they really like to pound it, and I think they've got a running back that's pretty good at it this year. So what, how does Texas look in that scenario, and, and what are your thoughts that Texas is going to have to do to improve? Well, um, it's a very complicated topic. Uh, usually if you're bad at run defense consistently from week to week as Texas, Texas has been bad in multiple games. Usually that means, um, there's something fundamentally breaking down. On the other hand, Texas, uh, going into that game, Oklahoma had really been more of a zone running team. I know counter is their, what they're famous for, but this season they were much more of a zone it and then run bootleg and play action with Spencer Rattler moving out of the pocket. That's how, that's how they beat West Virginia. That's how they beat Kansas State. Uh, they have not run counter. They've really not run counter that well since 2018. Um, but uh, they found it. They pulled it out of their uh, bag of tricks in this game. And uh, early on in the game, and whenever Oklahoma was running zone plays at Texas, Texas was really stuffing it. Uh, they really weren't getting much in the on the ground against Texas defense there. But counter was – they just completely, completely lost. Texas couldn't, couldn't play it properly. Um, the nature of Texas's defense under Pete Kwiatkowski is that they will play the run short manned, uh, which drives the fans crazy when they can't stop the run. But, you know, it's, it's the philosophy. It's intentional. And uh, if something breaks down badly and consistently, like it does for Texas against counter, then, you know, it looks bad real, in a real hurry. What, what, what broke down in your opinion? Uh, with the counter play, you know, the offense is pulling two players, a guard and a tackle, or sometimes a guard and a tight end. Um, Texas runs the guard tight end version of it all the time as well. And so they're moving blockers from one place to another. Texas has their safeties back. Their corners are playing pass first, obviously. And um, so they have to be very quick in response and very precise in their run fits with their front six when teams pull blockers because nobody else is arriving there in any particular hurry. Everybody else is dropping back to stop the pass first. Um, and they did not respond very quickly. The direct snap play confused the linebackers. Uh, you'll see Brockermeyer and especially DeMarvion overshone taking serious false steps and then never having a chance to get to the play. Um, and they didn't play the first puller very well. The way to blow up counter and um, what has crushed Oklahoma from stopped them from running it for the past couple of years is teams were really good at having their edge player blow up the first puller. 
and then just creating a pileup and a mess so that the second guy comes and there's not anything for him to do. The angles are all shot. Um, Texas did not play the first puller well at all at the edge position. They had a number of problems from a number of players. And then the second guy would always get a clear shot at Brocker Meyer or whoever the linebacker was. And then the safeties are always going to be late because they're playing pass first. And Overshone was never in the picture. But, but all right, so they played, they played outside zone well, you thought. Um, but you told me prior, you know, in preparation for this video um, and for this week's game against Oklahoma State, you said Oklahoma State doesn't run counter much at all, at least right. not currently, until they face Texas. Right, yeah. They, so uh, yeah. What, what kind of run scheme do they primarily use? I was talking to uh, my friend Adam Lunt, who's a great uh, Oklahoma State um, commentator, and he said they ran counter in the opener against Missouri State, uh, presumably very poorly because they barely beat that team, and they haven't run it since. So they've majored in uh, inside and outside zone, especially outside zone. Um, they've been shuffling their line. They have their their five guys now. They have a Austin Westlake kid, Braden Cassidy. So some of our readers may remember from his Westlake days, he was a great defensive end, and they've converted him into a, a blocking tight end. So they'll get him in the back in the backfield and and have him, you know, lead block or cut back and slice back slice back across and just run. I don't know six versions of inside and outside zone, uh, often from the pistol, to uh, their uh, Utah State kid Jalen Warren, who is uh, just a terrific back. Kind of came out of nowhere. Um, I knew about him from spring because uh, my my guy Adam again told me about him, but. He's like a 5'8", 215-pound bowling ball, fantastic feet. I don't know if his measurables are great, but he has amazing feet. He'll hit the hole wherever it is, and he's hard to tackle. And they've been giving him 25 carries a game. Yeah, he is a guy, in my opinion, Ian, having watched a, a couple of Oklahoma State games, he runs through tackles too. Arm tackles aren't – aren't a, like he will break some tackles if uh, Texas doesn't wrap up, which is another problem the Longhorns have had. Um Sticking with the Oklahoma State offense versus the Texas defense before we flip sides, uh, a focal point for Oklahoma State under Gundy has always also been their quarterback, right? Um, Spencer Sanders um, is interesting because, you know, Texas fans know that he is turnover prone, or at least he has been in the past, but he's also a fantastic a athlete at times uh, against uh, Texas two years ago in Austin. I mean, he made some some miraculous runs and uh, really were, you know, eye opening at the same time. You know, there's been talk in, in Stillwater at times of replacing him at quarterback even. And so, you know, how does Texas go about really defending and Pete Kwiatkowski go about defending Oklahoma State? Is it going to be similar to what they deployed against TCU or will it be another uh, type of defense you think we see with some tweaks? Um, I think they'll mostly follow the same script. Um, they'll, they'll play the safeties back. They're not, Pete Kwiatkowski is not going to change that anytime soon. Um, they, uh, I think with Oklahoma State also, it's not a bad idea to keep the safeties back. S Sanders will cough up the ball. He's, sometimes he's sloppy when he has the ball in his hands. He doesn't see defenders and he'll throw picks, but he can throw the ball a country mile and, uh, and he can do it accurately. So when he sees the right thing, he'll put it on the money and he'll beat you down the field. Um, 
last year, Texas really kind of, uh, they loaded up to stop the run, which they did. And then they would play very off on the Oklahoma state receivers. And, uh, they let Spencer Sanders march down the field, uh, throwing underneath. And they were just hoping that Oklahoma state wouldn't convert in the red zone or they would turn it over and they turned it over enough for, for Texas to win there. They won't follow that script this time. I think they will take away the deep pass and hope to play the run a lot, a lot better and more consistently. And it's going to come down to um, how well their ends play the different outside zone, inside zone, trap lock, trap locking tight end plays. Um, they did it well against Oklahoma. They did it very poorly against Arkansas. Uh, presumably they are getting consistently better at defending that play. And um, I don't know. Well, you know, we'll see what they, what they have after a week of practice. Yeah. What, you know, diagnosing the Texas defense, just from, from your standpoint, do you see a strength of, of the Texas defense right now or, is there, is it just, uh, I mean, after giving up 330 yards of rushing, more than 660 yards of total offense, it's hard to point to anything. But uh, the identity of the Texas defense, anything in there that you see from from that standpoint that that uh, stands out to you? In terms of strengths, I think the defensive tackles have actually played well this year. Um, the, when they've been getting beat, it's really, it's not really, you know, downhill, down Main Street. It's been uh, on the edges you know, where they had to bring in three transfers to try to man this position that they have and brought back only Jet Bush is the only uh, defensive end, maybe more Ojimo if you want to count him. So I, I think uh, the tackles have actually been a strength. I would say the linebackers have actually been a strength. Um, I think they are miles and miles and miles better than they were last year. And it's been obscured by the fact that uh, Chris Ash would load the box and keep the safeties in position to uh, to give them an extra guy and Pete Kwiatkowski is not giving them a plus one. So they have to be very precise and um, they have to beat blocks and uh, to make the defense work. And they have done that often. Um, they've done it well enough to, to keep doing it most of the time, other than, in, you know, this Oklahoma game. So I, I think overshown has come a long ways. Brocker Meyer is a revelation in my opinion. He's been very steady, very solid. The corners have been pretty mixed. Um, I thought they played very well against Oklahoma, actually. I kind of thought that the the deep balls that beat them were kind of, you know, the perfect throw beats good coverage. There's nothing you can do about it unless you're, you know, Namdi Asamoah or something, you know, 6'2 with freakish arms and something. You know, there's just yep. there's so much you can do. Um, so I think the corners are a strength on this team. Uh, the safeties are having trouble with playing in as much space as they're asked to play in. Um, and I think uh, Anthony Cook is the MVP. He's probably the safety that's positioned um, most favorably to make plays. He doesn't have to backpedal. Uh, he can play underneath. He can he, Sometimes he can be an extra guy in the box if he recognizes it and gets there in time. And I think he's been, he's been very good. So I would say the, the, the middle underneath of the defense has been very strong. So, so you expect, just to be clear, because uh, Texas, I thought, did a great job keeping Max Duggan under control in the run game. You would expect Texas to try to do something similar with uh, Spencer Sanders? Yeah. Yeah, okay. they generally like to contain the quarterback. Okay. Yeah, gotcha. I'll do that. So here's, here's my uh, – so I left that, – that's the Texas defense, which I think has been this um, – 
hit or miss all year, right? To your point, the they've been feast or famine almost. They they started off great in the red zone against OU, and then just the OU found the counterplay and in, in Texas cratered. I think late. Um, the the OSU the flip side of this is the OSU offense. All right, excuse me, the OSU defense is their best unit by far. It's it's probably. If it's not the best in the Big 12, it's certainly one of the top two or three. Uh, they are upper class laden. Uh, they uh, have an interesting scheme that I think fits against a lot of the Big 12 opponents that they see. Um, you know, and, and one of the stats that I came up with before coming on with you today is they are number one in the Big 12 in third down efficiency. And that has been actually a, a, a very positive thing since Steve Sarkeesian came aboard in te- at Texas compared to what they were under Tom Herman, where Texas was really uh, often very weak on third downs under Herman. Um, so m- my question to you is, how does Texas go about attacking this Oklahoma State scheme? Um, what is the scheme even called that Oklahoma State runs? And, and then just talk about from there how you see Texas attacking it and how you see Oklahoma State playing it. Uh, they have a, they definitely have a unique scheme. They run sort of a three, three, five. Um, but one of their linebackers, their edge player, they'll move him all over the place. Uh, sometimes he's uh, in the middle of the field. Uh, like a, like if you watch like an old nineties linebacker, who's up on the line of scrimmage, uh, sometimes he's on the edge. And then and they, you're talking, you're talking about Malcolm Rodriguez, right? In that no, uh, not Malcolm. He's more of a normal inside guy. Yeah. Uh, it, it would be uh, Brock Martin if he's healthy. Uh, it was Trace Ford. He was lost for the year. They've actually been pretty beat up at that position, um, but but Brock Martin is expected to come back, I believe, in the, for this game. So he'd be the guy, uh, number nine. Yeah, he moves all over the place. They'll play with three safeties deep, but um, like Iowa State, but they don't usually keep them back there. They will. Uh, they'll shift after the snap, and usually they're either flat-footed at about eight or nine yards and sitting on run plays or intermediate throws, or they are just straight up dropping down into the box. They're very aggressive. They'll load the box. They'll just do it in ways where you can't anticipate it as cleanly. And they'll try to confuse. Um, I think their style is actually a little bit feast or famine. They just haven't faced a team yet that can beat them over the top with play action. Um, they do not have Rodarius Williams this year at cornerback, who I think really made the system work for them last year because he could play on an island and just shut people down. Uh, I think he's already, I think he was drafted in the sixth round, but he, last I heard, he was already fighting for a starting spot in the Giants or something. I don't, somebody, yeah. somebody might want to fact check that one, but he was definitely very good in the Big 12. They do not have a guy like him this year. Um, so they've been ganging up on teams with their, the confusion they can create and with loading the box. Um, I'm very suspicious as to whether their style will work against a team that can throw the ball down the field, which against Oklahoma, suddenly Texas was a team that could throw the ball down the field. So um, that'll be the, that'll be the first thing to watch in this game is whether Casey Thompson can keep hitting deep shots to Xavier Worthy and uh, Joshua Moore. Yeah. You know, I mentioned this in in an article I wrote on, on Tuesday or a column, actually not necessarily. It's, it's more this idea that, okay, we know that B. John Robinson from here until his end of time at Texas is a marked man. 
in this offense. Uh, opposing teams or defensive coordinators are going to look at him and say, I got to stop him because he's, he's too good and he can just, he can control a game potentially like he did at TCU almost. Um, at the same time, Xavier Worthy pops off and has a 260-yard performance, and all of a sudden people are looking at him like, okay, problem number two, right? And, and so how does Oklahoma State even begin to look at those two? Are they going to focus, you think, more on Bijan? Uh, you said they like to crowd the line a little bit and bring up the safety to play the run and then dare them to beat them deep, uh, Worthy, Worthy or, or Josh Moore or whomever. How does that work? I guess my assumption is that they are going to uh, play one high safety. They don't even do that some of the time in, in this scheme. Sometimes they'll play one or two safeties deep that stay flat-footed at 10 yards and are not backpedaling uh, until they have to. Uh, you cannot do that against Xavier Worthy if, if Thompson is, is throwing the ball like he did in the, in the Cotton Bowl. He will just torch them. Um, and that'll beat you faster than Bijan, you know? Like Bijan might run for 200 yards on 30 carries, but Worthy can beat you in five plays. Um, so I think that they'll play a, a high safety and see if Thompson can throw some fly routes. Uh, and then, you know, otherwise all hands on deck for Bijan Robinson. So, uh, well, I, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see if they, if they adjust to stop Xavier Worthy, if they make Casey Thompson prove he can land a couple throws first. Um, you know, Gundy coming off a of bye week, he can be pretty clever. I remember back in 2018, uh, Oklahoma State brought out this defense I'd never seen before where they um, they put their best defenders on Lil Jordan Humphrey and Colin Johnson, and they put a safety over the top, and they shaded a linebacker to them. And then they would play zero-man coverage on uh, Devin DuVernay and uh, Andrew Beck. And it was deep in the third quarter before Texas was finally like, okay, we're going to have to, we're going to have to start taking shots to Andrew Beck. And they actually landed some and almost won that game as a result. But yeah, they might have some kind of junk defense for, uh, for Worthy and Bijan. It'll be, it'll be pretty fascinating, honestly, to see what Gun what Gundy's cooked up. Is Oklahoma State's defensive front good enough to stop Texas's run game? Well, you'd hope not. They are pretty good. Um, they might be able to limit it. I, I can't see them stopping Bijan in this in this run game. Texas has too much scheme. They're too they're too solid. Um, Texas is uh, shaking up their offensive line a bit this week. You know, we've heard that Tope Amade is uh, expected to start at right guard. Um, Kerstetter back to tackle. So, you know, we'll see how well this five plays together. And if, if that gives them some extra oomph in the run game, or if it's a, they have some communication issues, if they, you know, it's hard cause it's, we haven't seen this five before, but I would assume that Bijan and this line are, they're going to do what they do against most defensive fronts that aren't, you know, Clemson or Georgia. Gotcha. So, so why did the, the, how did OU stop the run game in the second half against Texas then? Because, I mean, Oklahoma's not – Oklahoma's better on the front than almost every team uh, in the Big 12, but they're not Clemson or Georgia level at this point. Right. Um, they did not drop back their safeties. Uh, they kept their safeties tight. And uh, even though Texas had burned them over the top several times, um, 
it, it probably helped Oklahoma a little bit that they were playing behind the whole game. If it had been a little more back and forth, maybe they backed the safeties up. But because they were playing from behind the whole time, it was, you know, there's nothing for it. We got to force punts and get the ball back every time. So they, they stayed, they kept playing it very aggressively. Um, and they were able to uh, pressure the quarterback well enough that Texas couldn't land shots until late in the game again. They also, I believe in the second quarter, they moved Isaiah Thomas, uh, who's the defensive end that replaced Ronnie Perkins. They moved him to tackle from defensive end. Um, they played, you know, undersized fast guys at every position up front. And then they move around like crazy and attack and penetrate. He's like uh, 6'5", 275, something like that, 6'3", 270, somewhere in that range. And uh, he gave Texas fits. They really struggled to block him. And that, that blew up a lot of their first down plays in the second half. Um, that might have been just a little too much for Kerstetter at left guard, you know, moving to the guard for, for a week and then having to deal with someone like that. Majors had some problems with him and uh, Winfrey. So, yeah, I think it was mostly just they stayed aggressive and they shuffled their defensive line and found some matchups that were able to cause Texas problems. All right. So before we close out here, I got to ask you, um, Ian, like, uh, and this is, I'm not asking for a score prediction because we'll do that later in the week. Right. But I am asking you, do you see Texas having success on either side of the ball? And do you see Oklahoma state, conversely having success on either side of the ball. How do you kind of see this game playing out uh, based on what you've studied thus far? Assuming that um, Texas is able to maintain what they found in the Cotton Bowl in terms of defending the zone running game and hitting their play action shots with Casey Thompson, I actually think Texas could really blow away Oklahoma State at home. The Cowboys have a lot of athletes. You can bottle them up for 90% of the plays, and then the 10% of the plays are going to be a Spencer Sanders 80-yard pass and a Jalen Warren 50-yard run and a Brennan Presley housing a bubble screen. So I I expect Oklahoma State to score, but I think there's a decent chance of Texas uh, playing great on defense outside of a handful of plays and uh, and winning like and scoring a ton of points on the aggressive defense. So something. Well, I, don't, I won't. I won't give the score prediction, but yeah. Well, so you you you're, you're feeling like text that like Oklahoma State's defense is the pride of their team, in my opinion, right? I mean, that's that's what Gundy is hanging his hat on right now. They stopped Baylor uh, cold in its tracks, and Baylor is considered at least right now the the Big 12's number one offense. Um, yeah, I I know I know. Um, you feel like Texas and Sark have kind of the answer to that. Uh, if things hold true to form, I guess is my point. Yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, the, the fact that they hit more and worthy also, like even if even if they chunk up their defense, it really just comes down to uh, Thompson having the same timing on his deep balls that he had against Oklahoma. Sark is going to know how to scheme guys open against this defense, even if they bring in some weird junk defense to load the box and still bracket worthy. He's going to figure out ways to attack them down the field. So I, I don't know. I, I think Oklahoma State in general defensively is a team that generally plays a ton of upperclassmen. They play really smart as a unit. They gang up on your strengths, but uh, they can be overpowered and outmatched if you can, uh, if you can see through the cobwebs that they create. Yeah. So the, 
I think Sarkey can. I think that's a good way to put it. Um, I just I just uh, thought of something right when you were you were saying that, and that is um, so Jordan Whittington's out, right? Yeah. And so it looks like maybe Josh War Josh Moore moves to slot based on what we're hearing, or or Kelvante Dixon. Does that create because Josh uh, Jordan Whittington's a, a really good player, but he's more of an underneath guy, right? Um, does Josh Moore can be a deep guy too? So does a more vertical threat out of out of the slot do anything to what what uh, Oklahoma State might have to defend? Yeah, I mean that's the way to beat him. Just get guys running down the field. Um, where you miss Whittington is certainly on like a third and seven or settings like that. I'm not totally sure what Texas will do um, when they need to just, you know, move the chains on, on passing downs. If this game came down to that, I could definitely see that being an issue. But um, in terms of just attacking the structure of their defense and, and taking shots, uh, Whittington probably won't be missed as badly. It's more about, yeah, just letting it fly down the field. Yep. Uh, I last at, and this, you mentioned that third and seven, and that's what, that's what uh, uh, Sark mentioned post game against OU was they, they were in that third and 10, third and 12 way too often. Uh, and Oklahoma state, as we mentioned, was uh, finished or is currently 14th in the country. Number one overall in the, the big 12 and third down D, D. So they do really good job on first and second down typically to give a, to push people into longer situations. All right, Ian, I really appreciate your time, man. Again, uh, if you get a chance, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Please uh, visit InsideTexas.com. Ian's coming out with another article today, and then I'll have another one tomorrow that actually uh, shows the graphics behind what we're doing uh, and uh, or, or what he sees the game as. Uh, and uh, there's also a big recruiting weekend ahead for the Longhorns as well. So for Ian Boyd, I'm Bobby Burton. Uh, this has been On Texas Football. Thanks.